becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger, stranger out of the It's a dream that you to make real. Passing note of the song. Glimmer, glimmer of the ship in the sea. Let's go. Let's go. Cheers. Oops. To the end of 2020. Uh huh. Dang. um. (laughs) That's all I got to say. Last episode of the year. Uh huh. I can't believe uh, it's happened. Hmm. This year is coming to a close. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Earlier today, we were talking about, I felt like. This year incorporated three years, hmm. which was uh, January and February were one year. Right. March was its own year. <laughs> and then everything else just <laughs> it was a blur of a third year. A third year. That's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like March was like, you know, South by Southwest goes down. Right. It's the first like, realizations of we're in a new space here. Uh-huh, I had yeah. to let go of half my staff. Okay. Made all these huge changes. And then April was like. Okay. Settle in. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. I, I, I can't like when I think back to myself in April or, or March, I guess when the first sort of shelter in place orders, mm-hmm. um, which is what we used to call it. Remember shelter in place. Yeah. <laughs> now we just call it lockdown. Yeah. That's um, weird terminology. We went from shelter in place to quarantine to mm-hmm. now it feels more like a lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't have fathomed that that would last even to till the summer Mm -mm. and we're about to head into 2021 and it doesn't really feel like much has changed. Well, everything has changed and nothing has changed. Mm. It's like, it's funny, even just you running through the verbiage of, you know, uh, quarantine lockdown and shelter in place. Right. Like it's just interesting even how, the verbiage has shifted, you know, flatten the curve, you know, right. right. Vaccines. It's like, there's always endpoints that continue being shifted and right. Re, uh, renegotiated. Right. Rename. (laughs) Something about the renaming of things too was a big theme this year. Oh yeah. Wow. Like completely redefining categories and ideas. Yeah. Like even racism, Uh you know, that was a huge one that, right. I mean, I really up into this. I mean, there that, that there's 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 a few definitions that were kind of like vying for position. Yeah. But the other ones, outside of just like racism, is you know discriminating against somebody on the basis of their skin color. You know, mm-hmm. like most people would have accepted that as the standard definition of racism. Right. Right. But the other one that kind of came in more recently uh, was always kind of like lurking back in the distance, you know? Yeah. I think it was there before, obviously mm-hmm. books had been written about it. It just yeah. didn't, hadn't like busted into the mainstream consciousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've even kind of, this is less of a rename, but like we've re we've definitely, uh, retooled what, how we think about sickness. Hmm. I think I've been thinking a lot about that. How interesting it is that like we now treat healthy people as though they are a risk mm-hmm. when, when we didn't used to do that mm-hmm. it used to be that, okay, you have a fever. Your means you're contagious. Stay home. Yeah. Don't go to work. Now it's you're healthy, but you're dangerous. And mm-hmm. also we've renegotiated like what it means to get infected mm-hmm. and to, or to get someone else infected. Yeah. And now there's, there's a blame on that, hmm. that we didn't, that wasn't part of our interaction before with something like the flu. Yeah. You know, if you got 
if you got the flu, it's like, yeah, it sucks. You got the flu. Mm -hmm. Nobody's to blame. Yeah. But that's different. Um, but man, it's been so good to go through this year talking about all of these things in real time. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about it. We started this year on episode 12. Yeah. And this is going to be episode 53. Which is interesting. It took us a year and a half to get to episode 12. 12, right. <clears throat> well, we were so ad hoc about it before. Uh -huh. It was kind of like whenever it felt like there was a good episode to have, we would do it. Mm -hmm. And this year we set out a goal of every Wednesday night sitting down and recording an episode, even if we didn't exactly know what that episode was going to be. Yeah. And we didn't have, we weren't always looking for guests either. I think that was a hard thing, right. setting up guests and figuring out all that logistics around that. Right which is hard for two guys who work <laughs> totally and have families and, <laughs> and have families. And yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, here we are 41 episodes later. Dude, that's, that deserves a that cheers deserves, right deserves there. A cheers for sure. <laughs> that's pretty badass. And thank you to everyone out there who's followed along on the journey with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's been really special to, um, to see how many people have listened, uh, yeah. over the year. And, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. If you are, uh, if you've been a listener of the podcast this year and maybe I'll say if you don't live in Austin or you're not a family member, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. send us a note and say hi. Cause we watch the stats and it's interesting to see how many people like, for instance, from Washington state or, mm -hmm. um, sort of the, the Silicon Valley area mm -hmm. yeah, are listening and I'm not sure who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. would love to know you. Yeah. Shores of ignorance at gmail.com is a is a good way to, if you want to send a, do you email. check that email? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're still working on it. I've things. never checked that email. I, I want to what say, if we I, have a ton of email there? Oh, that's so true. <laughs> a ton of, a yeah, ton. Have like, like 10,000. Uh, I will start checking that email. I'll, I'll link it to my, uh, my, my board, <laughs> your email, email board uh -huh. or your whiteboard. My whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be even more awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's also interesting sort of looking back through the episodes of this year, how we started by talking about, um, how would I say it? Like more maybe philosophical or grander ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and that sort of followed into the Corona situation a bit. Um, mm -hmm. I think some of my favorite episodes actually were right at the beginning. We were talking a lot about narrative and reality and their, totally. their interactions, but we sort of moved into talking more about what was going on in day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. I think that was a really powerful thing for me to go through this year and, and to have that sort to sort of document that, like all the things that we dealt with, mm -hmm. you know, an episode on critical race theory, um, quite a few on the coronavirus itself, mm -hmm. um, and even politics in the election, which is something that we had originally, when we set out at the beginning of this year to do this year long, um, podcast experiment, mm -hmm. we had said we were going to stay away from politics. Yeah. Politics got, and religion. And <laughs> right. The politics one got a little hard to stay away from, though. It did. And I'm glad we, we got, got into it, because I feel like I learned a lot and, and um, have a lot more of, appreci of an appreciation mm -hmm. for, especially like our conversations around Fourth of July, like a lot mm -hmm. more appreciation for this country and mm -hmm. how it was set up and why it was set up that way. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, there's definitely that, the checks and balances and... Um, yeah, well, I think it's all, it was also necessary because I think it wasn't just you and I, I, I feel that most people also became more engaged yeah. in politics. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, there's, it seems that more people are willing to engage in that arena. Um, because of the election you think, or yeah, I think, that paired with Corona? Yeah. I think the whole thing was like, how are we handling it? Who's in charge here? Oh, well, what are you doing about this? And, um, and just like there's, there was so much messaging that I think a lot of people are just so confused. Uh, you know, I think that was one criticism of Trump's like not really taking a, 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 a stronger leadership role. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what that would have looked like. Yeah. Um, I think that's one that might kind of jump to another place here real quick, but I feel like that's something that, well, I don't know how to, how to approach that. Cause there's, there's two ways to, to come at that. But the, the main idea is for people to be able to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I heard that a lot. Yeah. And I feel like that was the answer to a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, like no one, especially at the beginning, mm-hmm. no one knew uh-huh. what this set was, what it was capable of, what we should do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depending on which side you follow, you know, specifically Republican or Democrat, you see each side hurling insults about, you know, well, this is what you were doing in February, March, you know? Right, right. <laughs> And it's like, and you just see like everybody was really at fault, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> nobody knew everyone or, had or mixed maybe messages. No one was at fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's a virus. Mm-hmm. You can't really control it. Mm-hmm. It's probably an unpopular <laughs> opinion, but well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what I was saying about um, how we've kind of retooled our relationship with something like a virus. You know, it used to be, you can kind of do what you can to stay safe, which is like, if you're sick, don't go to work. So you don't get other people sick. Or, you know, if you know someone is sick, but, but then it's like your kids get sick Mm -hmm. and you don't avoid them. You know, it's like, we always are constantly taking a risk of catching something. Mm -hmm. The the amazing thing is that our bodies are fully equipped to deal with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's even just in the whole comorbidity thing, you know, uh, you know, 6% of the deaths were Corona only. And, you know, the other 94% was, I mean, even just 101, 101,000 of those 300 was pneumonia, flu, and emphysema, mm-hmm. not emphysema. Uh, COVID? <laughs> influenza. COVID. Influenza, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just, it just really fascinating. I think also just watching everyone deal and seeing how everyone presented data, which also was also a fascinating thing to see this year. Right. It reminded me again, that statistics are something that I really want to understand more Yeah, because it's so easy to throw graphs around, Mm -hmm. but graphs are often really misleading, even though they fit into a category of our brain. That's like, Oh, hard data. Mm -hmm. I said that word weird data. Data. (laughs) Where are you from? Son (laughs) from Texas. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I think even like that one thing we saw earlier today that we still, or earlier this week, where we saw the um, uh, positives according to testing. And it looks so much different in how you present that data. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like if you show like all the more, all the people testing positive and it just seems to go off the charts, you know, but yeah. So if you show, if you were to, to draw a graph of the number of positive test cases per day, Mm -hmm. 
you would see a line that sort of like goes up at the beginning of the year, sort of comes back down and now is going up drastically. Mm-hmm. And so the takeaway would be like, we're surging, mm-hmm. which is kind of what is being said in a lot of places. But mm-hmm. if you, but that's just raw number of tests, positive tests. Mm-hmm. But if you adjust each of those plot points and don't just show the raw number, but show a percentage of positive tests versus tests given, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the, the line just goes flat. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? You know, yeah. I'm sure somebody else could add some other, you know, uh, like data point to that and shows a different story, mm-hmm. which you really can. I mean, back to this idea that narrative is almost everything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> depending on what you say and what you give importance to, mm-hmm. um, you can come out with a different conclusion. Well, even, I mean, again, we're talking about throughout the whole year and how the narrative has shifted from, you know, flatten the curve to we need to wait for vaccines. Now vaccines are here. And then, you know, it's like, it's like the narrative continues to, to not, it's not like, it's not good storytelling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's about this guy who's going to go to this mountain and, and find this treasure. Wait a minute. Where'd this girl come from? Oh wait, this girl's going to fly across the ocean to find her lost brother and save him from the <laughs> What happened to the mountain? Oompa-loompas. Yeah. The guy. No, yeah, don't like, worry about that. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was year 2 of co- of 2020. <laughs> totally. We've moved on. <laughs> no, yeah. It's it's definitely a uh, I think that's why everyone's so confused and Yeah, well, in certain ways it feels like we don't well, it's like we haven't incorporated anything, any like new information into the narrative. Mm-hmm. We haven't agreed on anything new, really. Yeah. You know, there is new information, but we haven't incorporated that into our behavior culturally. Mm-hmm. At least on a, maybe in Austin and on a, on a, maybe a national level. Yeah. You know, some people have, I think, you know, there's places where people are kind of back to life as normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem that way. I mean. Like even in Amarillo, I was, I was there for uh, Christmas. It was just sort of, you know, people were masked and, you yeah. know, doing their thing, but you didn't have that same feel of, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can get into that part, but just felt different. It just felt different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what to think about that. That's well, you know, maybe we could talk a bit about, so, we're finishing out this year, whatever that means. <laughs> I think normally we'd be having a conversation about, you know, the year and then what, what the new year brings. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Cause the new year is like a really natural, um, cycle of <clears throat> rebirth and, and restarting. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this idea that on new year's Eve, sort of like all bets are off, all mm-hmm. rules are lifted. You know, everybody goes out and parties and drinks and, you know, it's uh, it's like right before the reset. Yeah, it's almost like Fat Tuesday. Of, yeah, uh, right, right. Lent or something like that. <laughs> Fat is Fat Tuesday a part of Lent? Uh-huh, it's the it's the day before Lent oh, starts, okay. so you go out and get wasted. And I then, thought Fat Tuesday had something to do with uh, New Orleans. It does. It's Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Uh huh. Mardi Gras is associated with Lent. Yeah, or it so, just coincides. No, it's like I mean Catholic, and it's yeah, it's French and. Uh, Lent okay. happens in Fat Tuesday, and then 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 you do your forty days of oh. giving up something. Yeah, interesting. But yeah. yeah, so we're going into the new year, and 
Um, it feels different this time though, mm -hmm. because it, well, it feels like we don't have quite the opportunity to sort of say, like we're not beginning 2021 with a clean slate. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't really have that opportunity because we we're pulling like whether we want to or not, 2020 is following us in 2021, mm -hmm. at least in some way. Yeah. So what do you think that will, what do you think that'll mean? Like stepping, waking up on Friday, January 1st and moving into the next week and starting to think about the new year, but we're going to have this whole thing on our back, mm -hmm. you know, because we're still fighting a virus. We're still fighting, um, each other over what, how to fight the virus and, <laughs> uh -huh. or, or not fight the virus or whatever. Um, how does that affect us moving into 2021? It's a really good question. It does seem that we are kind of bringing in, uh, old, some old luggage into, <laughs> into 2021. Right. Right. Um, well, even, even just the Biden messages, like once he gets in, he's going to do all these things. It's like, well, like, it's, I feel like we're going backwards almost with yeah. some of the things he's proposing. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I think 2021 is just such a, a crapshoot for me. I don't have any, I don't, I, I usually have vision, you know, for the future. That's kind of my, my expertise or <laughs> specialization is to yeah. cast vision, you know? Right. Right. <clears throat> I mean, I think my prediction is, that, or, or maybe it's a hope. Mm -hmm. I think that I do hope that whatever sort of natural sense of renewal comes mm -hmm. from the new year will open us up to start talking about things in a new way, hmm. maybe allowing some new information into the narrative, mm -hmm. um, allowing some more risk into our lives in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, I think you could push back on that and say, like, because uh, part of the narrative right now is that, you know, again, like I said, it, it used to be that we were worried about being around sick people, but now we're just worried about being around everyone, mm -hmm. you know, because the virus is this um, unknown thing at some level. Like, we, you could be asymptomatic and spread it. We don't know how that happens or how often that happens. We don't, you know, we don't know all of these things. Um, you know, but we are... Well, I think that we are humans, or maybe I'll say as conscious beings, we're oriented toward the future, mm -hmm. necessarily. And to move into the future to which we are oriented requires risk. Yeah. And if you're not taking risks, then you're not moving forward in mm -hmm. your life. And that is fundamentally unhealthy for us, I, I think. That's my hypothesis. What do you think about that? I like the way you said that. Like, it to, in order to move into the future requires risk. Something about that really, when you said that, rang true to me. Because you, there's a there's a sort of thing you you cast a vision or you hope for something, and there's this idea that in order to achieve what you hope for, you kind of have to set out towards that thing. Right. And the risk. I mean, the main risk is is that hope will not come to flourishing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, and even by setting out <clears throat> towards that thing, you leave, you leave something, you mm -hmm. leave something that, you know, mm -hmm. you enter an intermediary space yeah. where you're no longer in the sort of comfort of your 
known space and mm-hmm. moving towards something that you hope for. And yeah. that's a risk. I mean, even if you get what you hope for, there's still risk in what you maybe have left behind and maybe mm-hmm. necessarily have to leave behind in order to get what you hope for. Damn. Well, I even think about like thinking about the, uh, 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 the Judeo Christian idea of faith, you know, uh, I think it's like Hebrews 11 or something like that. It talks about, um, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And there's a sort of faith aspect of, you know, that, that takes you, it's more of an action towards something. Mm-hmm. And when you were saying that, that kind of made me th- think about that. It's like, you have to, you have to hope for something and you also have to have a certain amount of certainty that is in you. I mean, that's, that's even the scientific method. It's like, you kind of have this thing that you, that's out there and, Oh, it's like, Oh, there, um, I was about to convolute a few different things together. Anyways, uh, but there is a sort of thing you, you, you have to take a risk. You have to leave home. Yeah. Well, something I've been thinking or I'm thinking about just now as we're talking about that is that I, I think the two, so the bit, I think there's two big things about this whole um, pandemic response that really, really concern me. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is that we are, we have in very, very large ways stolen our children's future. Hmm. Um, it's, it's not exactly that, but I, I think it's, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the fact that, you know, schools have been closed. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest griefs for me this year is that my son started his freshman year of high school and my daughter started her first year of middle school and they didn't get to go, mm-hmm. you know, and these are like really formative times. Mm. Um, you know, to go into middle school, <clears throat> it's like your first experience as like a big kid. Yeah. And you go and it's awful, you know, <laughs> in, in every, yeah. because everyone's sort of going through this like tumultuous cocktail of hormones and like uh-huh. people are acting in ways that are completely unpredictable and mm-hmm. people change and friendships change and, oh, it's so awful, but just like you, you need it. Mm-hmm. Eventually you're going to have to, cause that's what the world is. That's what the world is like. And eventually you're going to have to learn that and to miss out on that and entering that. And same thing with high school. It's a bit, it's a bit different, but it's like, I feel like we've kind of, st- we've stolen that from, from our children. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know how they get it back or if they get it back. I mean, they're definitely going to have diff- very different lives than we imagined for them. But I think the other thing that's, I've been grieving a lot is, or, or maybe, <clears throat> maybe it's, a, it seems so sinister to me that, <clears throat> you know, of all of the sort of amorphous recommendations about what you should and shouldn't be doing in response to the existence of the coronavirus, um, <clears throat> it seems like the most prevalent one is you definitely should not be seeing your family. Oh yeah. <clears throat> you know, Okay, you can go out to dinner, dine outside. Okay, maybe inside. Yes, definitely go protest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, but whatever you do, don't go see your family. Yeah. <clears throat> that seems so sinister to me because, uh, you know, maybe just like risk is important for personal development, family is, well, it's the bedrock of our communities, mm-hmm. it's the bedrock of our civilization. And the fact that that's being um, prohibited. Yeah. So I hope, so we don't have to dwell too long on 
whether or not that's some sinister, by some sinister motive or that there's justification for that or whatever it is, you know, I hope that um, as we move into 2021, maybe we'll rethink I mean, just as individuals, not necessarily as like mandates or recommendations or whatever, but just as individuals, like, hmm. okay, there's risk of coronavirus, but what is the risk of not seeing my family? Hmm. Like, what's that going to do to me, to them, to our relationship? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and maybe just in general, I, I hope that the sense of renewal, what, however much of it may come, will embolden us to think more about the trade-offs. Yeah. Be able to put sort of a little bit more perspective because we've been so binary this year mm-hmm. about COVID risk. It's like, you're either going to die. And if you do, it's definitely going to be your fault or mm-hmm. someone else's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a horribly <clears throat> wrong way to think, but yeah. you know, okay, I get it. We were all in this like fight or flight mode. Um, you know, but, but what's the cost of not dying, mm-hmm. you know, and what quality of life is worth foregoing to ward off death? Mm-hmm. Cause we're all going to die one way or another. Yeah. So I hope we start thinking about that. I hope we shake free a little bit from the fear. Hope we shake free a little bit from, well, I don't exactly know how to conceptualize it other than it just feels like there's something on our backs, you know, again, like we're carrying into the next year and I hope we can kind of shake free from that a little bit. I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm interested in too, as far as the, you know, how specifically in the West, how we've experienced it versus maybe some poorer countries, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like I hear more fear from educated people than I do from less educated people. Yeah. I've experienced that too. And I don't know if that's, I find that, I just find that interesting. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, cause everybody's educated. I mean, we even think we're educated and all this. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. of course we are, but, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I find like, there's just, uh, I find there's like a, a lot more fear and, and, and it just doesn't, fear doesn't do anything. It doesn't help, you know? Mm, yeah. It, I think that's just something that has been really apparent to me this year, whether it's, it's kind of like almost like, I don't want to use the word fear mongering, but fear inducing, you know, there's always something to be afraid of. And what if it's not like uh, what was the killer wasp or, (laughs) Oh my God, I forgot about that. (laughs) The fires in Australia. We forgot about that one too. You know, it's like, uh, and I think that's something I think we're tired of. I, I think that's also why there's a lot of like the, the mainstream media is not as people aren't listening to it as much. Yeah. Um, I think there's a shift coming. I, there, I, I believe there's kind of a shift as our sense making apparatuses have been failing us probably for some time now. Um, yeah, I think we're going to have to, and I wonder if it'll be this year. Mm-hmm. 
it probably won't be like a discrete point in time. It'll probably mm -hmm. happen slowly, but we're going to have to contend with the problem that we have, the joint problem of mainstream media and social media. Mm -hmm. I think both are a big problem. Yeah. And I don't know how we're going to deal with that. It'll be interesting. It will be Looking interesting. Looking forward to watching that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Unfold. <laughs> yeah. Over the, yeah, years. yeah. <laughs> the continuous episode. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if we're currently in year three of 2020, uh -huh. <laughs> is uh, 2021 just going to be year four? <clears throat> it's hard to say. I, <clears throat> I personally feel like I've moved on. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> I know. I was about to ask you, but <laughs> why don't you explain that, man? <laughs> I know. I want to hear what you have to say. Um, I feel like I've come to a level of risk management that I feel comfortable with for me and my family. Mm -hmm. um, and also what I'm willing to participate in outside of that, outside of that space. Yeah. And I think outside of my, my personal life, uh, it is more determined on other people. Right. But I feel like I have a healthy boundary or more healthy boundary in what that means for me. And I think that it will change. I think that my outward part will change over 2021. Um, and I'll be interested to see like how that changes. Um, because I feel like there's a certain amount that I've, I respect other people and want to participate and be in relationship that I'm willing to make certain concessions. Right. Uh, I have in general, in most of my life have a higher tolerance for risk. Yeah. And I know you do too. So I, so I acknowledge that in myself, you know, and that's, um, and that's just kind of how I'm made or how I've been grown and grown up or <laughs> developed. <laughs> been grown up, been, been grown, grown, been grown up. <laughs> totally. You done been grown up. So I think of nothing else. I, I think over 2020, it's really given me a time to reflect and to assess my level of comfort with risk. And also with conflict too. Hmm. Like there are some things that I feel like I encountered this year, um, especially through the black lives matter stuff. And, you know, obviously everyone has a lot of different viewpoints on that, but I, I just watched a lot of friends and people have disagreements and, and conflict around that, that I am more comfortable with now. Yeah where before I was like, what, 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 what's going, what, what's going on? Like, where's, where's everyone come up with all this stuff? And, right. um, so I feel, I feel good about that. And I think that's the part with we're 2020. How about you? What do you, what do you, what do you think? What was the question? I don't know. You asked me it. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously I just kind of went off on. All sorts um, of stuff. <laughs> oh, you said you were, you were, uh, over, over it or past oh, it. Yeah. You feel like you've moved past it already. I feel like I'm, I'm moving into 2021 with a, with a, a somewhat of a clean slate. I don't feel that in more in my private life in my close circle. You don't feel that in your close circle. No, I do feel that in my close. Like I feel like I'm moving into 2021 and gotcha, really, with a clean slate, with a clean slate and a good place, you know, I don't feel that quite so much. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe it's because I'm still working from home. Hmm. I still have some key relationships that, um, 
don't feel as open to interaction as I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do kind of feel past it. I mean, I think it's interesting. It's hard. To, it's hard to um, like conceptualize risk at this point. I think mm-hmm. you know because on, on, one, on the one hand, okay, yes, a lot of people have died, I've, and I have questions about that, and those aren't probably answerable right now. We'll mm-hmm. probably have to come back to them once they're history. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's certainly reason to adjust risk settings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the other hand, here we are, and this is just me personally, but, um, you know, we're 10 months in to this and we, you know, so if you just imagine what, what it was at the beginning, at the beginning, it was like 2 million people are going to die one in every hundred people or something. Yeah. Um, so, at, you know, the original speculation was everyone will know someone who dies from this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Scare the shit out of me. When oh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I don't know a single person who's had it. Mm-hmm. Like not verifiably. Yeah. Um, you know, I know people who know people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, you know, maybe f- five steps removed. I've heard of a death. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's two completely different things. You know, what we thought it was going to be and what it is. And we still don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I just kind of feel past trying to analyze it. Mm-hmm. I feel more interested in maybe as I was saying earlier, like thinking about the trade-offs, like what are the things that we've given up and maybe I don't have to completely understand where we are and what we're dealing with to say, I think there's been too much given up. Yeah. Um, it, and so I'm, I'm willing to, to move, um, I'm, I'm willing to adjust my risk settings, um, based upon that. So mm-hmm. that's, that, and that's how I feel past it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, to see where we, well, that's a, that's part of staying tuned. You'll get to hear us, uh, <laughs> experience 2021. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Just also to encourage you guys that are listening, you know, I think I, I'm just imagining everyone has a different level of risk and, and just being able to assess that. I think that would be interesting to also hear from you guys of your experience and how, what your risk levels are mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the hardest thing is when you're dealing with people of different risk levels and, right. and negotiating relationally. Right. And, and not othering people. I think that's the hard thing too. I think that's something that has been happened a lot this year is othering people. Yeah, totally. Like taking people's humanity away from both ways. Mm -hmm. Totally. Exactly. Because people are othering people who think that those other people have their risk settings way too high and Mm -hmm. are being way too draconian. Mm -hmm. And then the people who are being really careful Mm -hmm. are othering the people who are willing to go out to a social event, yeah. you know, without a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we, we certainly won't uh, be successful as a society if we continue to do that. Like that's going to have to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, you know, how do that changes? I don't know. Mm-mm. I kind of suspect it will. I find that most things just sort of change over time and you don't realize it until you look back and you're like, Oh yeah. Remember when we used to call it shelter in place or, (laughs) you know, Uh 
Remember the killer bees? Oh yeah, that didn't pan out. <laughs> <laughs> what were those things called? Killer wasps? Or uh, hornets? Killer hornets? Delhi hornets or Delhi hornets? Murder hornets? Murder hornets? It was murder hornets, yeah, wasn't it? It yeah. definitely was <laughs> murder hornets. <laughs> oh, that wasn't like a triad sort of like fear and. <laughs> Did you ever see a movie called Cabin in the Woods? Uh-uh. Oh, it's great. I think it's a, a Wes Craven. Um, like horror movie, but it's fantastic because they tried to like, uh, <clears throat> join in like all of the horror genres. Mm-hmm. So there's like zombies and like backwoods killers and vampires and like all <laughs> these things. But like, <clears throat> without giving too much of it away, like there's like this whole team of people that's orchestrating it. Mm-hmm. Like they're releasing certain things against this like group of like the, the stereotypical like <clears throat> group of young, hot kids and they go out on like a vacation in this cabin in the woods. And <laughs> oh. it definitely, the murder hornets felt like there was somebody be like, it's time release the murder hornets. You know? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh, that's not working. Okay, let's move on. What else we got here? Uh, yeah. It's also hard because it's like, I also don't want to be, you know, there's a, you know, I think in Portland, Oregon, there's been over 150 days of unrest, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of things that are actually... People I mean, are having really different experiences. They, it really is. So I think yeah. that's... Yeah, I, I, so I think that there's... There, I do have some real concern also for 2021. I, I think I might be... I might sound like I'm sort of like butterflies and ladybugs, but... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, de- we definitely have a lot to be concerned about in mm-hmm. 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, namely continuing unrest. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got... I believe um, <clears throat> Derek Chauvin's trial is scheduled for March. Oh, wow. That'll be big. That'll be big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, plus a new presidency and uh, all that comes with th- that. There is plenty of potential for mm-hmm. <clears throat> positive and negative. That's the thing about potential. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It contains both. Mm-hmm. And you have to decide what you want to pull out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's how you engage. How you engage is is really important. Yeah, I want to figure out how to say. I was talking about this earlier uh, when we were eating burgers. Um, I want to know. How, I want to figure out how to say this better. As far as you know, when you engage something, and the energy that you bring to that engagement is so important. And it can go one of two ways. Um, well, actually, multiple ways, but this is just one of or two ways that it could possibly go. You know, if you come at something in a contentious matter without without really valuing relationship, then it seems like there's like a it just falls off the rails. You know, but if you come into a very difficult situation, but in a relational matter, it, it seems to yield different different outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part I would I would want most to encourage and hopefully kind of emulate and bring into my life is that <clears> aspect is being able to come into a situation in a relational way and not in a contentious way. It doesn't mean that you can't have arguments and disagree and all that stuff, but it's it's just different and it's a different energy. And I feel like people walk away with it differently. So whatever that is, I want to be able to say that better hmm. and explore that idea. Maybe not now, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm it's a really complex idea. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what seems kind of simple, or at least maybe it's easy to relate to say it in a simple way. But I feel like when you say it in a simple way, it tends to come across as um, um, trite or something. Yeah. Well, mystic. Mm. You know. Oh, I see. You start just sort of throwing around the word energy, and you know it's tempting to be a bit like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, namaste. Namaste. Um, uh, <laughs> you have a purple aura <clears throat> around you. No, but I've, 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 I have become fairly convinced of this mm-hmm. and read some, um, well, very scholarly and academic, um, intellectual arguments for the idea that inter- interacting with the world changes the world. Hmm. Simply perceiving the world changes the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is very real and it, and it does have to do with how you do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are going to act completely differently. Let's say if I behave towards you as if you're my boss mm-hmm. rather than behaving towards you as if you're my friend, mm-hmm. my, the way I behave towards you is going to be different in those, you know, depending on which role I adopt. Yeah. And you're going to feel that mm-hmm. and behave differently in response. That's true. Um, so, yes, if you enter a conversation, and I think as you said before, aggressively, mm-hmm. the other side of that conversation, person or persons, um, is going to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And they don't really have a lot of control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does have something to do, you know, it's, so you can reduce that down to some idea of energy because it's hard to say exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just cause and effect. It's not just approach and response. There is something about energy and frequency there. But it's hard to say exactly what that is without sounding, yeah, totally. you know, very mystic. Well, it's also like, yeah, tone and context. Cause you could say the same thing, but in a different tone, mm-hmm. you know, even I think that's the thing that sucks about masks. It's like being able to really engage with, you know, facial expressions. Oh yeah. You know, not just that, but it's hard to hear people with masks on. Um, so people tend to talk more loudly, especially mm-hmm. when you're interacting, let's say with the, the, um, you know, the checkout attendant at the grocery store, mm-hmm. you both got masks on, there's plexiglass in between you. And it's interesting. I've, I've noticed, so I used to be very intentionally friendly with a person like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're both standing there for a short period of time and, mm-hmm. you know, we could both ignore each other or we could say, you know, Hey, how's your day? Or try to ask some specific question or notice something about them and compliment them on that. I mean, there's an opportunity there for something which is beneficial to both of us. Mm-hmm. So I usually try to engage that. That did become <clears throat> more difficult with mm-hmm. the masks and the plexiglass. And I've definitely noticed times now, cause it's been so long and I think the fatigue of all of this is mm-hmm. set in. And I have noticed times where I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm in a bad mood or whatever. I'm just like, it's not worth it. It's like, I can't see their face. Mm-hmm. I can't read them. can't hardly hear them. You know, maybe I'll just look at my phone. Yeah. How many interactions, how much life are we missing? Mm-hmm. Not just because of the barriers, but because of our response to the barriers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I experienced the same thing. So it makes sense to me. I'm, I love engaging 
people and, you know, you know, just a little bit of banter with the cashier or, or whatever, you know, even with at the shops with, with people. And so unless I can go outside and talk to somebody with my mask off. Yeah. I just get, I'm worn out. Right. I'm just worn <clears throat> out. It starts to hardly feel worth it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you start seeing the masking and physical distancing turning into some sort of isolation, even in the midst of people. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's something to grieve. That's something to fight, to mm-hmm. get back. Yeah. I mean, cause if it is true, which I posit that it is, but if it is true that interacting in, with the world changes the world, mm-hmm. well then everyone you interact with changes you too. Mm-hmm. And if, if that's being baffled or muted in some way, you know, how much change are we missing out on? Mm-hmm. I mean, good and bad, but. Well, it's like, yeah, you do, you need community to, um, to help us grow, you know, and also to yeah. check. So I was, like I was just telling, uh, I got my haircut today and I was telling my stylist, she was like, Hey, how's my stylist? <laughs> I just think it's so hilarious. It's like the same thing with yoga and stretching. I still, I feel the same like, Oh yeah. Michael's won't say he does yoga. <laughs> he, he says he stretches. Yeah. Uh, uh, I stretch and I breathe and I, you know, I like stretch a certain way and I'll hold it there for a while yeah. and breathe. And some people like, call Michael, you're doing cobra. yoga. Yeah. <laughs> this is a word for this. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I just don't feel like I'm as serious as everybody else. Like, <laughs> like I, if I went to a yoga studio, I'd be like the kindergartner in the room. <laughs> it's always got to be one. <laughs> it's always got to be one. <clears throat> um, yeah. I don't remember where we're at now. Um, well, yeah. Well, we need to grow. Oh, yeah. Which clearly we need to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the alternative is stagnation, and I think we all know that stagnation generally means death. Yeah. Um, whether it's spiritually or physically or both, and it will end up being both. So we need to grow. Mm-hmm. Growth requires change, and you know, the catalyst for that is relationship. The catalyst is- that is for in in community is like the. <clears throat> It is the um, it is the relationships. Well, I think that's what's fortunate. Like you know, I have five kids, and you have three kids, and <clears throat> like our kids still get to engage in healthy kid interactions. You know, because it's sort of like you know the I don't want to play with you anymore. You know, yeah, like that's a real thing that you have to face, and that's part of socialization in middle school and elementary is like having those interactions, but then also where you do have a good time with somebody, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have to have that, you know, space to, and you know, that's stupid, right? <laughs> you know, kids will tell each other that that's stupid. And it's like, parents won't do that mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, I mean, you might say it a little bit nicer than that, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, but kids, you kind of need that. Kids need a little bit of that harshness to, uh, yeah. to social, to kind of get socialized. Right. So I, I think that's, I think that's one good thing about having big families is, is that part we, it's kind of built into, <laughs> built into the dynamic. You build up you know? some resilience uh-huh, exactly. and anti-fragility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's why I grieve for my kids is they're, they're missing out on like the, the prime time that you mm-hmm. learn that. Yeah. Um, Especially for not family, you know, it's like, right. 
like, why am I not included? Why don't I get to go to the dance? Why didn't mm-hmm. Sally invite me? Or right. why isn't Billy like me? Or, you right. know, totally. whatever it might be, you know? <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. You know, even just, well, I'm just thinking about my own experience and, and what it means to, to even just go out, um, to a bar or a restaurant or, mm-hmm. Um, with friends or alone or whatever, just the, the subtle interactions that you have with people, um, the look in their eyes, the way that they talk, the the body language, which is not governed by, well, not governed by pandemic mandates, mm-hmm. you know, man, mandates for dress, i.e. masks, mandates for how close you can stand to someone. Um, how many people you can have in a group. <laughs> yeah, how many people you can have in a group. Mm-hmm. Um, those just seem so utterly important to me. To mental and physical health and, and growth and movement of of your psyche even. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry for it. Yeah, Need it. Well, maybe this is this is this will be interesting. I mean, I, this is a, a, maybe a generous interpretation or or um, yeah, interpretation of this is maybe this is kind of a good thing. This is like a year of fasting, yeah. You know where we actually I, this, I, maybe this is a hope of mine is that we we learn to value those things we took for granted prior to this, right? I mean, we live in Austin and also in a you know. Uh, <clears throat> Um, uh, a very prosperous country, you know, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of things that are truly amazing and make life fairly easy for most people. Right. <clears throat> I mean, just down to running water and sewage and, you know, like, yeah, reliable up to, yeah. you know, we have choices of restaurants that are unbelievable. You right, know? Right. <laughs> so it's a, there's a, there's a very, but it's like, just being, just being thankful, you know, instead of taking some of these things for granted that have always been there. And, uh, I mean, how many businesses have gone out of business this year? Right. And how we kind of just, Oh man, I could go to 30 different burger places here in Austin Mm -hmm. and be happy. (laughs) You know, it's like how many of those will be there, you know, or coffee shops too. I remember whenever we started Medicino six is like, is like like we were one of the first specialty shops and and then by 2010 on the 14 it's like I could recommend 13 to 15 shots the shops to people to yeah, go to to right. have a great coffee <clears throat> totally you know that's that's freaking amazing yeah and that's I mean especially coffee is such a small it's, it's so young and to see it flourish like it has but then also to know a lot of my friends and other shops they're having a really hard time or have closed. You know? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so being thankful, I think that's something that would be really. Yeah, definitely being thankful. I also, so I think it was Nicholas Christakis, um, an interview I heard with him maybe on Joe Rogan. I don't remember. Um, but he's a, <clears throat> a doctor and they were talking a lot about COVID and, and the vaccines in particular. And, you know, <clears throat> um, 
we are going to move out of this mm-hmm. and we are going to move into something new, like whether we like it or not. Yeah. Um, and whatever that new thing is. And he made the prediction that whenever we move out of this legitimately, um, which is going to you know be a long process probably, but mm-hmm. so <clears throat> let's just say 2023 just for, you know, yeah. um, just to be generous. Shits and giggles. Shits and giggles, whatever. <laughs> so, so, you know, what will life be like? Mm-hmm. You know, we will likely like all of these things that we've foregone, um, all of these things that we miss that we're hungry for, that hunger is going to be released and we're going to likely experience something akin to the roaring twenties. Oh yeah. And there, this idea, um, you know, combined, I think with some conversations you and I have had, um, makes me really, I think what I want to do as I move into 2021 <clears throat> is think not so much about where we are, why we're here, what I'm missing, mm-hmm. But rather think, what, what does it mean to prepare hmm. for that? To prepare for the roaring 20s of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. What might that be like? How do I prepare myself for that? How do I prepare my family for that? For something good? How do I prepare my community, my business, my, hmm. um, my friends, yeah, that was a lot of the conversation you and I had at Big Ben when, mm-hmm. when we went out there. <clears throat> like that was a really that was a really good time. And you you said how did you phrase that? You you had something in that area. You you were kind of saying you were saying it already, but um. Oh shoot! Well, was like how to? Oh, I really want to grab that. But it was the idea of like preparing preparing for the future and what we need to do now in order to yeah. accomplish whatever that is like sowing that seed. Yeah. I have it written down what you said. You should find it. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't uh-huh. I, I mean, there's a lot of different avenues here. Mm-hmm. You know, part of me thinks, what does it mean to prepare for uh, having parties with my friends again? Mm. Um, to prepare for an onslaught of love, <laughs> you know, and reconciliation. Yeah. Um, also, what does it mean to prepare from an entrepreneurial standpoint? Mm-hmm. Like if a society is moving into a roaring twenties, there's so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't mean this strictly capitalistically, mm-hmm. like not strictly like what are the opportunities to make money, but what are the opportunities to be creative yeah. in that? So if there's a, if there is a, resurgence of socialization. There's also going to be a resurgence of art, for instance, um, a resurgence of all kinds of new ways of sharing things with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so how could we prepare to facilitate that? Mm-hmm. Another thing that I think about is, you know, we've, we, you were just mentioning like all the businesses that have gone out of business. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit hard to see that right now mm-hmm. because we're not really out moving about, around mm-hmm. as much. So we're not seeing the vacant buildings, you yeah. know, aside from like on the routes that we drive to where we go, which mm-hmm. is so limited at the moment. But I think we're going to have to be prepared for some amount of grief. Mm-hmm. You know, once we all kind of break back out into the world and we're, we are going to be confronted with some skeletons. Yeah. You know, whether that's businesses gone or 
maybe even just reconnecting with people that we didn't connect with this year and the stories that they're going to have to tell and the sadness that that's going to bring and, you know, loss of loved ones or loss of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's worth, I think it's, it will, it's, it's a worthy exercise to do, to think through what will life be like and how do I, yeah, how do I prepare myself for that? Yeah, I think this is also a call to artists in general, to creatives. Um, like we need you to dig, to dig deep, um, to not give in to fear. We need you to project into the future. Uh, you guys are you guys are a lot of times the the prophets, you know that that dig into the unknown, the subconscious, the unconscious, and project into the future. Uh, the new things. I think that's, I think it's really important. So I think that that'd be my sort of, um, admonishment and also encouragement is that we need the artists to hope again, to, to dream again and to not be taken in by fear. Um, I think that'd also be a, uh, something that I'd like to, mm. to encourage people in is, sort of the idea of like cast off fear. Yeah. I would call for the artists to, cause I think something we're starting to deal with really specifically at the end of this year, that's probably going to be an all out battle coming in the next couple of years is, um, freedom of thought, hmm. freedom of expression and censorship. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be up to the artists to hmm. buck that. Yeah. Because, why they're the ones they're the true rebels well they are because they are dealing in the currency of it's like they're dealing in with the currency of of the unknown mm-hmm. and and just shedding light on it mm-hmm. they're not even articulating it mm-hmm. and that's why they're safe because mm-hmm. they're not articulating it. They can't articulate it because it's still too much in the unknown. Mm-hmm. And and then once they shed some light on it, then we see it and we encounter it. And then it starts to be able to be articulated. Yeah. You know? Um, so I don't think fighting against censorship and the erosion of, well, it's the erosion of <clears throat> free speech but really even freedom of thought. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you can fight that battle from an intellectual standpoint. I mean, you can make an an intellectual claim, but then just someone else just says, it takes the opposite side and Mm -hmm. and you're sort of in an impasse. It's, it's up to the artists, I think, to move us Mm -hmm. emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I am excited Honestly, to see what sort of movies, what sort of songs, yeah. what sort of, um, what's well, just all the fucking crap cliche shit that's coming out right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sort like, of like eh, we okay. got like this year, we got like <laughs> wonder woman 84 and, <laughs> um, you know, I felt like the, even the music offerings as far mm-hmm. as new albums it, for good reason. I mean, I think it was really hard for musicians to do much, but, mm-hmm. um, like it just wasn't a lot of note. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I'd almost like encourage artists not to deal with the political 
not to deal with the, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just don't want, I don't want artists to get bogged down in, in the, the quagmire of just shit that is right. just like trying to make sense of something. But like, we need people to dream. Like, like I think Elon Musk, like, this year, he, what did he put thirty rockets into the sky? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, where, where was it that many? Thirty? I think it was like twenty-eight or eighteen. Wow. I mean, it was it was a significant amount of rockets that went in. Maybe it's eighteen, but even then, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. reusable rockets, uh-huh. and it's like it, it, that's not even mainstream news at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he is a dreamer. I mean, like what he's doing with Tesla, the boring company. I mean. That guy is just, I, I, I find him inspirational in that he's not, I don't feel like he's caught up in the, I keep saying quagmire, but the, the muck of today. Yeah. He's thinking into the future. He's, he's, dream, he's dreaming. He's dreaming. Yeah. And pulling reality in, out mm-hmm. of that dream. Yeah. We're going to do this next year. Everyone's like, no fucking way. <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, yeah. why not? Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? <laughs> well, because of all these rules and regulations? No, just yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Once we hit that yeah. blockade, then we'll we'll deal with that. But right now, it's not there. Let's do this. Yeah, I want to do some more dreaming. Mm-hmm. Some more dreaming. Some more um, thinking about... Hmm, thinking about what I want. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not exactly because I want what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, give me what I want. Mm-hmm. Even internally, it's... Well, in some sense, thinking about what you want is casting a vision. It's dreaming into the future, and mm-hmm. then that sort of creates the future that you get, that you start to move toward. And now that you have movement and growth because of that, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't spend very much time thinking about what you want... yeah. Well, you're not really thinking all that much about the future. Mm-hmm. So, I hope the artists do that for us as a mm-hmm. culture. I honestly hope the politicians do it for it for us as a culture. Yeah, um, I want to see a lot more of that from our politicians. I think there's a there's a few that I'm seeing some. Um, I don't see any of that from Biden, Mm-mm. unfortunately. Yeah, I see Tulsi, I see Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, those are the two that came to my mind. Those two are the, to me, those are the most promising of our, I I mean, I'm not so familiar with all the politicians, but those two, I've been most moved by them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew Yang a little bit, but I don't, I I kind of feel like he kind of got stuck in the the muck of the stuff. Stuck in the muck of the stuff. (laughs) Exactly. But Tulsi and Dan, I just feel like they're, they kind of kick against their parties as well as, you know, our individuals. Yeah. I would just love a politician that could give a sort of, we choose to go to the moon speech. Mm -hmm. Like let's talk about something we want Mm -hmm. as a country. Who do we want to be? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. We're almost going to, we're almost focusing so much on the past mm -hmm. and there's not things that, I mean, obviously there's things that we do, need to still continue or still continue to work with and work through. You know, I think there's, there's always that aspect in everybody's life, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's still things in my past that I need to work with, you know, but if I'm not looking to the future and casting vision, 
it's like I'm always be stuck in the past. Right. And, you know, I think that's what made Martin Luther King so impactful was he was dealing with things of the present time and the past, but the vision he was casting was beautiful. Yeah. You know, and I don't, there's, there's a lot of things I don't see the vision that they're casting is especially with the critical race theory stuff is like there, there's not a future in that. Well, there is no vision. There is no vision. Yeah. It's, this is the way that it is. And this is the way that it always will be. And mm-hmm. you are subject to the judgment of mm-hmm. all those around you. And it's like, that's not a story. Yeah. That's a it has no future. It's mm-hmm. a prison. Um, well, are we at two hours? No. Oh, it, it starts. The, the clock starts at one hour for some reason. I don't know. Why. <laughs> okay, I was like, wow, dude, we're like, we're, we're at one hour. Uh-huh. Um, should we say goodbye to 2020? I think so. One thing I would love to do is it's been really fun having our guest, Allison. Thank you for mm-hmm. being on so many times. Yes. You've always bring a, a good special light to our episodes and yeah. make us more human, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Zargoon, uh, love their conversations. Yes. Uh, you have a very sharp mind and that was fun doing the, uh, free will uh, versus determinism. Yeah, yeah. That was a good time. That was a really impactful. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our kids were on the podcast yeah, this year. That's what the, yeah. Yeah. Totally. That was really cool. That was in year one of 2020. Mm-hmm. Year one of 2020. Uh-huh. Uh, but so special. Mm-hmm. So oh, that sounded so cheesy, but really such a special thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad to have that in the time capsule of this podcast. Yeah. What else? I guess we didn't really have a lot of guests on this year, but obviously it's also a quarantine and right. shelter in place <clears throat> and lockdown yeah. and totally. <laughs> um, okay. What? So I have done this before. Uh, with my family at the end of a year. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to do this virtually on the podcast here. But so mm-hmm. the idea is build a fire mm-hmm. and everyone sit around the fire and everybody gets a piece of paper and you uh, write down something on the paper mm-hmm. and you throw it in the fire. Something that you want to be done with that you need to leave mm-hmm. behind. So what do you want to say goodbye to in 2020? What do you want to leave behind? Man, that's a good. And maybe we don't answer it, but we'll mm. leave leave you all with that question. Um, because renewal and rebirth does necessitate leaving something behind. Mm. I mean, it's the it's all of the different imageries of um, you know uh, what is it like going through the fire, mm-hmm. um, burning the. I'm mixing analogies here, wheat from the chaff or whatever. (laughs) The idea of the Phoenix and the, Uh um, the rebirth requires some, something be burned off. And, um, so let's say goodbye to 2020 and start dreaming and casting vision both for ourselves and our families, but also our communities and our country Mm -hmm. moving into a new year. Yeah, I think the the thing I wanted to leave behind in 2020 is um how to say it. 
I feel very comfortable with less. And I want to leave that behind. Like I would rather, I would rather, I would rather, I feel better or feel more at home in like, like fighting for resources. Mm. That's not the right word. I think I, I understand what you're Do you know saying. What I'm saying. Do you yeah. have a better word for it? Um, no, but I understand. I, I don't think I have a better word for it, but I understand what you mean. Like you feel, you feel comfortable fighting for resources and uncomfortable when you don't have to fight for them. Yeah. And so like, what would it mean to, to come from a place again? Uh, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of like in my personality that, um, acknowledging or coming into plenty, like you come for, you can actually build something with resources that you have rather than trying to figure out how to make things happen. Mm -hmm. And it's a different type of building. And so I would like to, that's the thing I want to live, leave behind. I want to, I want to build and with resources that I have. Yeah. Good. That well, was really convoluted, but I don't think so. <laughs> abstract. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know that I exactly have my, my, what I would write on the paper and throw into the fire, but I will say that something I'm feeling strongly is that I want to leave behind stagnation. Hmm. And I'm not sure, like, I, you know, there's an element of stagnation for all of us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready to leave it behind. And I don't think that I need anyone else to change in order to do that. Yeah. You know, I don't need coronavirus to go away or a public response to it to change or masks to go away or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think um, I need to figure out what that means for me personally mm. and do what I know needs to be done in order to move out of it because I know that I can. All right. So Matt and I've had these conversations quite a bit over the years, but I'm going to, I'm going to have to do it publicly. So, okay. <laughs> no, I think, man, like you have so much potential hmm. and like, I've seen you work through so much over the last four years and and it's like you've always had that potential, but I feel like there's a there's a freedom that you are kind of moving into now mm-hmm. that like you you have that you have stuff in front of you that is just I think you you can just knock knock it out of the park, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it is I think you do really do have an exciting year ahead of you. I think you were getting a taste of it even through COVID, you know? Yeah. Because there's a there was a lot more freedom. It seemed I feel like I experienced you having even through COVID, Mm. (laughs) you know, that, that, that's like, Oh wow. Look at that potential there. You know, like the dreaming aspect, but not just the dreaming, but the capability to act on those dreams. Mm. Um, like where, you know, probably in 2019, it's like there were some dreams there, but you didn't really have the, the potential to act on those. You're still working through a bunch of stuff. Right. So I'm excited for your next year. Hmm. So thank you. Yeah. So well, cheers. Cheers. Yes, exactly. Love you. <laughs> Love you too. Love man. you all. Thanks yeah. for being with us on this journey. Here's the hope for the next year. Cheers to that. Cheers. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.